Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. You know, aren't you glad that doctors actually go through like an internship or a practicum before they're allowed to practice medicine on their own, right? They didn't just read a book somewhere and say, I kind of, I think I know about this. No, they work side by side with other doctors who are competent in their field and they teach them how to do it, what to look for, how to diagnose, what questions to ask, those kinds of things, right? My point is, the, if you're going to be trained in a field, in a specialization, you've got to learn how to actually do it, not just learn about it. And if you go back to the first disciples, you know, many of them were fishermen. Just think about how they learned their knowledge of fishing. How did they learn about the sea? They didn't necessarily go to school and sit there and learn about the, the unique weather currents of the Sea of Galilee. They learned it out there on the lake, man. They were out there in the boat with other people who'd done it, you know? And then they'd come back and they would talk about it. They would tell stories. Did you hear about so-and-so? He got the, the, the storm came up and they lost half their load and they lost their sail and they barely escaped with their life. You know, they would have these stories that they would tell and that would help them learn about fishing. So they'd go out there on the lake and they'd come back and they'd be like, you know, they're, 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 they're talking about, well, when you get too close to this side, you know, there was a, there's something under the water. There's trees under the water. There's rocks. You got to not throw your nets over there. When you see the sky looking like that, it's time to head back to shore because those winds can cut down through this valley and you could be, you could be lost if you don't get out of the way. But they learned on the job by actually doing. And you know, that's exactly how discipleship works. It's exactly how discipleship, it's exactly how Jesus taught his disciples. You know, several times you'll see Jesus and he'll send, he sent them out to do exactly the things that he'd been doing. He'd say, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers and proclaim the kingdom. And then they would come back and he'd give them a report. They'd say, oh, I remember the one in Luke, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Yeah, well, here's why. Your names are written in heaven. You know, don't rejoice. He, he would teach them. He would coach them. I love the fact, you remember when he was uh, feeding the 5,000 and then they're in the remote place and, and uh, he says, hey, you give them something to eat. <laughs> What's he do? He's testing them. He says to Philip, hey, where are we going to go to buy bread for all these people? He's testing them. He's teaching them. He's coaching them on the job training. Look at all these people. We got to feed them. What do you think we should do? Isn't that great? Peter walks on the water. He's coming there. He loses sight of Jesus. He starts to sing. Jesus rescues him. He's like, okay, what happened there? Why'd you doubt? Let's reflect back. Let's look at this. What can we learn from this? Because next time I call you out to me on the water, I don't expect you to sink. On the job training, right? That's how Christianity is supposed to work. The danger is we've made it in some ways an intellectual discipline. We've made it about things that we understand with our minds rather than a change of life. Because Christianity is actually a brand new way to live life in this present world. It's not just an inward spiritual exercise. You know, there is content to be known to the gospel. So there are things to know. There is content to be known. There's a story to be known. But we've, we've not become truly Christian in the purest sense of the word until we allow that story to consume us and to change us. 
Has that story grabbed a hold of your heart and changed the way you live? Because that's what a Christian is. The Bible speaks about renewing the mind in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Many of you know the verse. I want to go ahead and put it on the screens. I'd like to read that. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Next verse. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Verse 1 and 2 are not unrelated ideas. Think about it. Verse 1 tells me that I'm supposed to present my body, my physical body that I live in, as a living sacrifice to God. In fact, it tells me that the most spiritual thing I can do is to offer my physical body to God for his service. That's being spiritual. This is your spiritual act of worship, offering your body to God. But verse 2 tells me how to do it. How do I do it? By renewing my mind. This is the only place in the Bible that it tells you you can transform your life. And it says you do this by renewing your mind. You change the way you think. This is, this is how I can take my ordinary life in this world, in this body, and make it something presentable to God. Isn't that amazing? I could take my ordinary life in the flesh and I can make this body something that's worthy of being presented to God. How do you do it? I'd be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Come on, the most spiritual person in the room is the doer of the word. Think about it. Not the one who prays the most, not the one who cries the most, not the one who worships the best. It's the doer of the word. The doer of the word is the most spiritual person in the room. The CEV says it a little different. It says, don't be like people of this world, but let God change the way you think. Listen, then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. Let God change the way you think. Then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. Come on, I want to know how to do his will. I want to be a doer. I don't want to just have, when people come with problems and ask for prayer and they're seeking for answers, I don't want to just give them ideas. I want to be able to do the same things Jesus did, don't you? Don't you need to do the same things Jesus did in your life? You know, when you're around people who recently met the Lord for the first time and they're just so excited and they're on fire, seems like God's just working in their lives left and right. Miracles happen in every corner. Do you know why that is? I was thinking about this. You could tell me if I'm wrong. It's just my opinion. <laughs> you could think about it. But do you know why that is? Because they're doing everything they know to do. Think about it. They maybe don't know as much as somebody who's walked with the Lord for 30 years or five decades, but what they know, they're doing. And so there's no contradiction in their hearts because they're sold out, man, everything that they know to do, everything they learn, they go out and do it. And then you don't have that contradiction in your heart because you're 100%, even if it's this much, even if you're just starting out, right? But what happens? You go on and you learn more stuff and you fill your head with knowledge. And as you go about life and the cares of the world and all the demands that life places on you, what happens when you're doing starts to drop off a little bit. All of a sudden now you know more than you're doing. That's not a good place to be. 
We need to be doing everything we know. But what happens now when, when that knowing starts to drop off, I, I, I have a choice. See, because there needs to be an agreement. The renewed, to have a truly renewed mind is to have an agreement. There's a correspondence between what I know and what I do. When I'm doing everything I know, then my mind is renewed. That's what a renewed mind looks like. So when we come to that place where um, we're not doing everything we know, we have a choice. We either have to start to begin to do what we know, or we start coming up with reasons of why we don't have to do it. (laughs) Why it doesn't apply to me in my unique and extraordinary circumstance, how that verse doesn't apply to me, right? (laughs) And when I start to do that, what do I do? I start, I'm living a contradiction because I'm telling you that this word is true and I see that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But what I'm doing is I'm telling you why it doesn't work for me at that moment. And it won't work for you if that's your attitude. It doesn't because it creates this contradiction in my life. Now I'm living something that I'm saying, I'm living something different than how I say I'm believing. So what happens? We make excuses. We come up with reasons why it doesn't work, why it doesn't apply to me. And that person, according to James 1.22, that person, according to James 1.22, is self-deceived. The devil didn't deceive them. They're self-deceived. Why? Because they're not a doer of the word. James 1.22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. It's real simple. Either we're doing the word of God or we're not, right? It's, 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 not, it's not really something that's, a complicated thing. Either we're disciples of Jesus, either we're following the teachings of Jesus, or we're not. But the good news is this, and I want to go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, that Jesus actually, he invites us to come to him. He invites us to learn from him personally. Come to me, he says, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Look at who he's inviting to come to him. What's it say? All you who labor. The word labor means to grow weary, tired, or exhausted. All you who have grown tired, Weary, all you who are exhausted, come to me. Learn from me. You're going to find rest. It means to toil. All of you who are toiling, come to me. I've got what you're toiling for. What you're wearing yourself out, trying to find out, you come to me. I've got it for you. I can give it to you. But come, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. You'll find that rest that you're looking for. I was working last week at the cabinet shop. And um, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, my father and I owned this cabinet shop for 13, no, 16 years, and then we recently sold it. And uh, I was just doing a little bit of work for the new owner. And I go in there from time to time and just catch up on some little things that he asked me to do. And so I was working there. I'm in the middle of a job, and I'm cutting out this job. And uh, I'm thinking, mm, you know, I'm not, 
I'm, I'm not working there full time anymore. I'm thinking it's about time for me to go, you know, a couple hours, I'm ready to go. <laughs> but I'm there working and I'm like, oh man, but I'm not in a good place to stop, you know? And I knew I was going to be gone for the rest of the week and I didn't want them to have to come and see a job half done and, um, you know, have to sort it all out. So I was like, I'm going to finish it complete so that they'll be able just to pick up and, and work on it. So I'm sitting there and I'm working and I, I ended up working for about five hours and I finally got it done. But I was thinking as I was there, just the hours I used to spend uh, working in that place, I'd get there sometimes at six, six thirty in the morning and work till eight, nine, ten o'clock at night and wake up and have to do it the next day. It was long and do that five, six days a week. It was some long, long days and I would get tired get weary. I was toiling. I was working hard. And my point is this. You don't get tired. Usually you don't get wore out and exhausted by working one or two hours, two days a week. <laughs> it's the long hours. It's putting in the long time, just going in there and working one day. It's not enough to wear me out. Do you get what I'm saying? You, you, you picture this. Jesus is saying, if you're, if you're, if you're wore out, if you're exhausted, if you've been working at this thing, come to me. That's the people that he's inviting to come. The people who really care about trying to get it right, that they've been working on it, trying to get life right, trying to do the right thing, trying to keep all the rules. You care about it. That's the one that Jesus is inviting to him. Yeah, come to me, he says. All of you who are weary and burdened, weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, Jesus is inviting those who have grown weary, those who care. Because if you don't care, think about it, if you don't care, or if you actually rejoice in living an ungodly life, if you celebrate wickedness, like the Bible describes some people, you're not going to come. You don't care. You're not wore out trying to do the right thing. You're just doing whatever. Well, that's not who Jesus is inviting here. He's inviting those who you're weary, you're heavy laden, you're trying to keep the rules. He says, come to me, I have the answer that you're looking for. This is an invitation to discipleship. And you have to want it because it will cost you everything. Because he's asking you to yoke up with him, to lay down your life and come into his teaching and take his yoke upon you to learn from him, to let go of your old way of life, to let go of your old way of doing things and take on his way of doing things going forward. It's a big, it's a big commitment. And he didn't hesitate when he said it. I, I, I like to picture Jesus as, as somebody who's just real direct, just saying, I see him saying, you know, if it wasn't worth dying for, I wouldn't have asked you to do it. <laughs> but it's worth it. I tell you, it's worth it. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's a good word right there for heavy laden, weary and burdened. Burden, loaded down. You're carrying a load that God didn't place on you and Jesus wants to lift it off of you. See, there's a freedom in him. We tend to put on a lot of rules, there's a lot of traditions, a lot of things that people will tell you you have to do to get it right. But Jesus says what? Come to me, come to me, learn my way. Is there things to do? yeah. Yeah, we're not going to just come and do our own thing and pretend like we're yoked up with him, are we? No, if you're yoked up with him, where he goes, you go. <laughs> what he does, you do. You're together now. You've left your life behind. You're following him. You're walking with him. It's an invitation to discipleship. 
Come to me, all you who are struggling. This is the the CEB, the Common English Bible. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. There's rest. You know, what is rest? Think about that. What is rest? The Bible talks in Hebrews about entering into his rest. Rest is, I read the verses, I looked at it, and I can summarize it this way. Rest is entering into everything that Jesus died to provide. If it's something that he provided on the cross and you step into it, that's rest. It's believing his promises. It's taking his provision. It's stepping into salvation. It's walking in the benefits of your salvation. This is the rest that he has for us. Praise God. And he wants us to have rest. Rest is letting go of the struggle and giving it to him. Right? Letting go, giving him the whole struggle. Rest is letting go of your agenda and taking up his. Rest is casting all of your burdens onto him. Why? Because he cares for you. See, you're yoked up with him now. You come to be a disciple, you're yoked up with him. Your problems are now his problems. (laughs) Come on, that's good news, isn't it? When you're yoked up with him, when you're walking with him, when you're learning of him, your troubles are his troubles. Your problems are his problems. Your issues are now his issues. Jesus, I'll come, but you're going to take care of this for me. Yes, I will. Rest is everything associated with what Jesus won for you on the cross. But here's the one thing about rest. Resting is trust. If you don't trust, you can't let go. If you can't let go, you can't rest. You come to him and he says, I've got it. Don't worry about it. Your problems are my problems. But if you don't let go, He can't do anything with it. And you're not really truly yoked up with him, are you? Because you're still doing your own agenda. You're still trying to do it yourself. You're still laboring really hard and you're still toiling and you're still getting yourself wore out trying to do what he is willing to do for you. He says, come to me, I will give you rest. So it's time to stop the toil, amen? It's time to come to Jesus. And I, I mean, I know we, we love Jesus here. <laughs> I know that. I've talked to everybody. We love Jesus here. But come on, it's a call to discipleship. It, it, there's, a, there's, a new, there's a new level of that if you would take it. Because there must be, there's areas where we have clung on to our own agenda, clung on to our own things, that if we would learn how to live open-handed, and allow him to have them, we can go farther, run harder, and do more for the kingdom while we're here. Are you up to it? So Jesus invites us. He says, come to me, all who are heavy labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. He says, learn from me. And this is just kind of setting up. I'm about ready to wrap up today. But I wanted to set this up because for the next few weeks, I want to look at the words of Jesus. He invites us to personally come and learn from him. Learn, what an opportunity, come on. You know, what if there was a a person who was in your area of interest? You know, what if you were a karate man or something like that, martial arts, and and one of the premier uh, martial artists said, hey, come be my disciple and learn from me. Would you not take up opportunity? Come on, to learn from them and learn what they do. And if they say, look, you're gonna have to trust me, but what you're doing is wrong, do it like this. You would do that. You, would, you know you would do that. And I'm saying Jesus is telling us to come, learn from me. And when he says, don't do it that way, do it this way, we can trust him. We can let go. He'll take care of us, amen?
So for the next few weeks, you know, I'm thinking about in the scriptures, what are some of the ways that we can learn from Jesus? Look at how he, look at how he, first of all, just his discourses, his words, what he preached. Look at the Sermon on the Mount. Look at some of the things where he sat down and the parables he told. We can learn from him. Look at how he ministered uh, the love of God and healed people. Look at how he did it. He is our example, amen? Look at his interaction with the Pharisees and you can learn something about Jesus. Why? Because we want to follow him. And to, to, to be renewed, uh, to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to hear his words and you have to do his words. You have to hear. First, you have to hear. There's things to know about Jesus. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We have to know what Jesus said. We have to know what Jesus did. There are a lot of people out there who will tell you what they think they know about Jesus. But we have a really good source material right here. We can look in the scripture, spend time with Jesus every day, and see what he did. The Holy Spirit recorded these. You know, Jesus did so much, the Bible says, that that that. If, if you were to write them all down, the world wouldn't contain the books. But the Holy Spirit selected specific events to put in this book so that we, years later, could be a disciple of Jesus, that we could see what Jesus did, that we could spend time with Jesus, that we could learn from him. And uh, I just want to invite you on this journey to deepen our discipleship, to look at some of the teachings of Jesus over the next few weeks and learn from him. And just be honest, am I doing that? Am I not? No condemnation. The Holy Spirit's not here to condemn us. He's here to help us, to lead us, to grow us up, right? You know, if we're not doing it, let's go. Let's do it. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Let's not create that contradiction that makes an excuse for ourselves that will forever leave that word of God powerless in our lives. What's the word say? The, the word of God is living and active. It's powerful. It's a two-edged sword. It'll divide joints and marrow and thoughts and intents of the heart. Let's expose our hearts to the word and let, let it expose, divide the thoughts and intents and help us locate where we are. I want to run farther. You know, the times are crazy. <laughs> times are crazy. Oh, it was rich. I was talking to you the other day because uh, we were, we were um, working. But uh, we're coming to a place where we really need to be led by, this, by God day to day. We really need to be working in supernatural things. They should be following us everywhere we go because things are happening so quickly. There's no way any one of us can be smart enough to know everything, to, to, to be ready for every circumstance that could possibly come. But if we are be led by the Lord, if we'll be walking with Jesus, we'll always be in the right place at the right time. Come on. You ever feel like you're just always in the wrong place at the wrong time and late, you know? But but if you're with Jesus, you could be at the right place at the right time and you could be there before it happens, ready to go. Don't you know that he wants to use you and take you and position you in places where you are entrenched to be a light, to be a witness for the kingdom? Come on, I'm excited about what God's going to do. I'm excited about what he's doing. I'm excited about us stepping into it even more and more. You know, one of the, the, the things that the scripture tells us to do is it doesn't say go build churches and go have big ministries. It says go make disciples. And so, you know, I think that's a good place to start. Let's look at the words of Jesus and let's just do a checkup. Am I doing this? Am I a disciple? And let's just deepen our commitment to him. Amen. In Jesus' name, let's do that. I'm excited about what's coming up. Let's just pray together, and then let's go have a Memorial Day weekend. Amen. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna do a, 
I was, I was going to save our prayer time to the end, but man, it just seemed right to do it there in the middle. So we'll just pray and dismiss and we'll let you go. All right. Father God, I just, I thank you for this, this, uh, Lord, I just thank you for, for your word, first of all. And I thank you, Lord, that you've placed us in fellowship with the body here of people who do love you and are committed to your word and who are growing in you, Lord. Father, I just ask that in the weeks to come that you would stir our hearts, Lord, draw us deeper into a relationship with you, deeper into being a doer of the word, deeper into discipleship. And Lord, I just pray that you would open our eyes and you would prepare our hearts now to receive those things that you would tell us in the weeks to come. And Father God, I just bless this group, Lord. I'm so happy for 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 the family that we have here and, and how we pull together and help one another and how we're there for one another. Lord, I just bless this group. I bless our weekend. In Jesus' name, be blessed, be a blessing. Amen, amen.